Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. MRN and NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing from the Concord Studios. My name is Chris Wilner. As always, Kyle Ricky joining me from Killingly, Connecticut. It is getting cold, Kyle, and that can only mean we're getting to the end of the year. This is not do it justice. It is cold for probably the first time all year in Charlotte. So I uh, had to bundle up today. I know you're probably getting used to that. I think there was snow in other parts of the countries too. So it's not even Halloween yet. So I, I'm tired of talking about how cold it's going to be, but I guess that's where we're, we're at now. So how are things looking in your neck of the woods? I saw you got to go to some Friday night football this weekend. Uh, a little bit different change of pace now that Stafford has uh, closed things up for the year. Yeah, we've closed things up for the year. Now we're visiting race shops and doing some uh, season recap type uh, things with our top five drivers in each division. Friday night football was fun here in Killingly. Uh, but the the I guess the, the ironic part about uh, all of this was I went to a race on Sunday at the New London Waterford Speed Bowl here to wrap up uh, their their weekly season and everybody had hoodies and jackets and by noon they were ripping them off because it was like 72 degrees and when the sun was out or 74 degrees it was crazy nobody was expecting that type of weather that type of afternoon it was it was great don't get me wrong but uh everybody had their their winter gear ready to go and Fortunately, they really didn't need it until the sun went down the last race of the day. So uh, just odd the way Mother Nature works, but uh, the leaves are are turning. It uh, makes us some great pictures up here this time of year. So um, one more big event on tap this weekend at the Seekonk Speedway, and that'll do it for Northeast Motorsports. Yeah, I can't believe it. You and Bonds are getting after it with those uh, shop tours. Has uh, has he filed a restraining order against you yet? We We see your videos all over social media. That poor guy. Uh, we need to get him on the show here at some point. We do. He would. He he would love it. Um, you know, he would talk your ear off. But yes. he 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 gives me permission every time I post Good. something. But for the most part, I'll, all right, well, Bonza, we're thinking please. of you. We'll get you on the show here. First, uh, one of the voices up at Stafford, uh, Kyle. We've uh, again we're wrapping up the year, but still a lot of races uh, going on. Especially this past weekend, we had a big Winchester 400 event. Obviously, the Smart Mods finishing up their season. Uh, coming up here with their penultimate race. But for the ARCA West series, boy, uh, Taylor Gray, I mean, basically took took the win and pretty much you could have handed it to him after lap one. Uh, dominated the entire race as he kicks off our coast-to-coast winners this week, uh, winning the uh, Las Vegas Bullring, which was really cool because they probably had one of the biggest car counts they've had at the Bullring there in quite some time. So, Kyle, it was a dominating effort, but what a good venue, what a good crowd as part of NASCAR weekend uh, to see all the cars up there for the ARCA West penultimate race this year. 
Yeah, he led all but one lap. I think the only lap he didn't lead was on a restart uh, midway through the event. But yeah, Taylor dominated the Star Nursery 150. Great crowd. As you mentioned, it kicked off a very busy weekend of NASCAR racing at the uh, the big track, just a couple hundred yards uh, to the to the right of turn number one. In fact, you could see the big track lit up whenever the cars hit the backstretch on Friday night during Flow Racing's broadcast. An event slowed by 10 caution flags. I uh, got a feel for for Katie Hedinger, who towed out there from the East Coast after, ha after having such a great year at Hickory, only completed a few laps out there before getting involved in one of those early incidents. But uh, good win for Taylor Gray, and a, a, like we mentioned, a great car count, a uh, good way to start the race weekend out there. Sarah and Bridget Burgess making history, the first mother-daughter duo to yep. start the same either NASCAR National or ARCA National Touring race. That was awesome. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, bragging rights, if you want to say it, Bridget bested mom with a 12th place finish. Sarah finished 17th. But all in all, a special moment. Really cool to watch on flow, see the emotions of both of them hugging after the race. Uh, completing a milestone event. And then, uh, you know, the championship battle. Jake Drew came in 56-point lead. So uh, neither of them, either he or Tanner Rife, had a strong day. I guess, you know, both uh, back half of the top 10. Uh, so interesting to see what happens when we go to Phoenix uh, here November 4th weekend and, and crown a champion. I would still think Jake Drew's in solid command. But uh, either way, it's going to be a fun battle to the finish. And how about Andres Perez de Lara? We talked about him, what, a couple weeks ago after Bristol. Bristol and his solid top 10. Well, he gets a second-place finish in just his second ARCA West Series start, or really ARCA Series in general start. So that's got to be a real big confidence booster for him coming from Mexico. Yeah, a driver that we hadn't really heard of until yeah. Bristol Motor Speedway, what, four, three, four weeks ago. Um, ran well, crept his way up through the field, and suddenly he was in the top five there late in the stages of the Bushes Beans 200. So um, he has found a lot of success in the NASCAR Mexico program. I believe it's, he's not in the NASCAR Mexico series. He's in what they call the FedEx Cup, which is the second tier division, but I believe he's the current point leader right now. So um, yeah, I think he's got a future in this. Uh, right now, two for two and good runs here on American soil in the Arkham Art Series. Absolutely. Uh, Coast Coast winner this week. I'm also going to give a nod to Stephen Nassie. We talked about the Winchester 400 kind of preview last weekend. Well, Stephen Nassie had a dominant effort winning his second career Winchester 400 in the 51st edition of that great race, a prestigious event out there in the Hoosier State. Had to recover, though. That Jet Motorsports team had two flat tires and a spin. Yep. And he still came back to win a phenomenal race that saw a little bit of drama, too. Uh, Chandler Smith and Jake Garcia getting into it, battling for the lead there midway point through the race. Chandler Smith hits the wall. He comes down pit road, gets out of the race car, takes a chunk of, I think it was the either the front fender or a quarter panel, something that fell off the race car, drops it in the Jake Garcia pit out of frustration. And as he walks away, a little bit of a shoving match with Garcia's crew chief, Ricky Turner, who ironically enough, used to work with Chandler on the pro-late model side, so those two having words, but that's the Winchester 400. I mean, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings when it comes to that race. It's so fast, so aggressive, but either way, Steven Nassi kind of ends the uh, the regular season, I want to call it, with a monumental win as now his attention turns to the snowball where he felt like he's owed one after last year battling Chandler Smith. So what did you think of that race, Kyle? It's pretty, pretty cool to see uh, every year the Winchester 400, just how fast those late models are around that place. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those marquee short track events that I've been watching since I believe it was on TNN, like 
25, 30 years ago. Um, I've kept up with it through uh, through the years and and now through its its now uh, its its current streaming platform. Um, great race, good field of cars, wild moments during the event as you expect at Winchester. Uh, I believe Eddie Van Meter picked up the uh, the CRA championship uh, with I believe an eighth place finish. So. Um, a lot of storylines within the event, so it was fun to watch. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Stephen Nassi. That's right. Of course, he'll be one to watch when we talk about the snowball coming up at the end of the year. Uh, Kyle, who else is on your list for winners this week? We got Brian Lofton. Um, it took a couple of extra hours for him to get there after <laughs> yeah. Burt Myers. He went so to victory lane in his, in his sweats, so... We thought Burt Myers won the Smart Modified race uh, this past weekend, but unfortunately they found uh, some issues with the car and post-race tech uh, by having a data acquisition device on the car. I don't think it was hooked up, according to what I've heard, um, but apparently it doesn't matter. Uh, if it's on the car, it's on the car. So uh, Brandon Ward was awarded the win of the Cardinal 99 at the Tri-County uh, Speedway, held off uh, uh Brandon Ward for what he thought was the second spot, talking about Brian Lofton. Lofton winner, Brandon Ward finished second. They were battling for the second spot behind Burt Myers, who thought he had the win, um, but uh, unfortunately that uh, did not happen. They have one event left this coming weekend at Motor Mile. That's why you run hard to the finish. You never know That's what's going to happen. Every position matters. So congratulations to Brian. Uh, also on my list this week, it's hard not to give a tip of the cap to Josh Berry. Obviously, yep. we talk about him each and every year. Uh, one of, if not the best late model racer uh, in our current generation uh, with his tenure at Junior Motorsports for many, many years. Obviously, now second full-time season in the Xfinity Series, punching his ticket to Phoenix and the championship four after winning Las Vegas in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. I mean, what a job for a short track racer to not only excel, but probably succeed even his own expectations uh, coming into this year and being a championship four member. You know, he says he doesn't feel like he's gotten a lot of respect. I think he made a statement winning at Las Vegas and what a job. What Can you imagine what the short track community will be like if they see Josh Berry go out and win a NASCAR National Series championship in his second shot? I can't imagine what that'd be like. And here's what I wish I heard more of yeah. in the national broadcasts on Saturday is two years ago. He was we, he was on this show as the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series National Champion. And now, less than two years later, you know, he's competing for a national series championship in the world of NASCAR, uh, going in the Phoenix Raceway as one of four title contenders in the Xfinity Series in less than three weeks. So uh, pretty amazing what uh, where his career has gone. I mean, everybody in the short track community fought for him for for several years, uh, saying he needs to be full time. Dale Jr. listened and uh, man, he's uh, he's doing him proud here in his first full year. He certainly has delivered. All right, Kyle, who rounds out our uh, weekly winners this week? Who do you got? I'm going to go with, uh, I got a few, but I'm going to go with Will Kimmel. Uh, won the Halloween 200 at Salem Speedway over the weekend. Those uh, Midwest high banks were busy this weekend. It was in the, uh, the Great American Stocks, a race that saw 40 cars take the green flag um, and very unique three wide starts. Uh, I'm not sure how they do that on the short track, especially there, but they did it successfully. Kimmel won $11,000, and I'm not sure if you saw the highlight of Austin Baum going over the front stretch wall or over the I turn did. one wall. Yeah. Got up on the front straightaway uh, midway through that event, uh, got hooked with another car, climbed the wall, and then ended up uh, rolling over it down in turn number one. It had been a long time since somebody had gone out of Salem. 
um, happened often years ago, uh, again, on the old Thursday night and Saturday night thunder shows. But uh, it's been a while, especially with a full-bodied stock car, but it happened this past Sunday. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, well, when you call the event the Halloween, you know, Ray, anything can happen. Some goose, some goblins or something got a hold of that race car. Uh, Really crazy, but glad, of course, he's okay. Uh, Shout-outs of the week this week. I've got two because it was kind of a tiebreaker for me. I'm going to go back to Winchester and give a tip of the cap to Cody Strickler. Won the uh, modified race, the Midwest modified tour, run for the gun 50 I mean, this caps three major events within 10 months uh, in that series for him. The run for the gun, he won uh, the Hot Shoe 100, of course, the Snowball Derby modified race earlier this year. So, I mean, when it talks about big money races uh, on the Midwest modified tour, Cody Strickler's been the guy this year. And then Boo Boo Dalton. I haven't talked a lot about limited late model action, of course, but he won the Rodney Cook Classic, a memorial event for the late Rodney Cook. And the cool part about his victory, which is one he's been searching for in that race for probably about four or five years now, is that his um, nephew is dating Rodney Cook's daughter, and she was able to go down in victory lane, celebrate. It was an emotional night for her uh, to see Boo Boo get the win uh, in honor of her dad. So really cool. Nine victories for Boo Boo across eight racetracks. This year, so uh, what a rate, uh, what a season uh, for Boo Boo Dalton. Who do you have? I have a, a couple of drivers that I saw go to Victory Lane this weekend. Uh, Todd Owen, um, not with a race win, but with another championship, uh, becomes the first driver maybe ever, or at least in a long time, to win back-to-back championships at two consecutive tracks in the same back-to-back years here in Connecticut. Uh, he's a back-to-back Stafford champion in the SK Modified, now a back-to-back SK champion at the new London Waterford Speed Bowl. So congratulations to Todd. It took him forever to get that first championship. Uh, lost several uh, titles due to tiebreakers and uh, some late uh, late season issues. Uh, but now he's on a string of uh, four in two years. Also a shout out to uh, Samantha Anderson, who becomes the latest female to go to Victory Lane at the new London Waterford Speed Bowl, winning her first SK Light modified race this past Sunday afternoon. Um, A former Miss Connecticut uh, pageant uh, queen a couple of years ago. Uh, third generation driver family has been involved in motorsports up here forever. And uh, Samantha, and I believe her third full year um, in the, in the modified finally gets that first win. Congratulations. Love to see it. All right. Coming up next, we've got our special guest this week. That is one, the only Bill McAnally, the legendary car owner, former racer, celebrating 100 career victories as an owner for BMR a couple weeks ago with his driver, Cole Moore. We'll talk to him about that. Of course, everything. Arca West says he's dominated for so many years. We'll get the state of the sport uh, on that side of things. Of course, talk everything NASCAR Camping World Truck Series with him and his team and just his success over the last several decades as a car owner. Bill McAnally coming up after the break here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Don't go anywhere. It's presented by Flow Racing. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track. For race fans everywhere, subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing is something for everyone. It's what we know. Sprint cars are there. NASCAR weekly racing series, drag racing, off-road, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. 
From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. The longtime car owner, Bill McAnally, who just captured his 100th career win as a car owner in the ARCA West Series a couple weeks ago out at All-American Speedway. Bill, it's good to hear from you here on the phone. Congratulations on all the success this year. Let's go back to that a couple weeks ago. Home track right in your backyard for your team, and Cole Moore gets his first career win. Walk me through the emotions of that night uh, for you and your entire program. Well, it was it was great when Cole was leading. He had had a good car, and uh, he's been fighting for that first win. He's had several seconds, but to to see him on that little bullring of a racetrack, and especially our home track, he had a lot of friends and family out for the race, and as we all did, it was a Napa 150 event. So Napa Auto Parts had about 500 people out there in VIP hospitality. So it's always good to win with your with your car at your hometown in front of a lot of your sponsors. Yeah, take me back to that night a um, couple of weeks ago, Bill. Uh, I believe you know you were on the mic doing opening ceremonies. You mentioned an event that you helped promote or promoted. Um, full house, electric atmosphere. I mean, the pre-race show was amazing. And then to end it in, in victory lane with Cole must have been pretty special. It, it was very special. I mean, I, I've come down off the, the tower and, and his mom and grandma we're both there just so excited. I mean, they had tears running down their cheeks, something that they've worked for for a long time. Uh, him and his dad have, have both participated in a lot of a lot of races through the years, ARCA, K&N, and for them to get that win that night was really special. The composure that Cole had to keep the car, to be able to check out from the field on a track like that, it's really hard to do. And uh, he was he was driving as good as he's ever driven that night. And it was great to bring home that victory in front of the home home crowd for sure. An emotional night for him and his family, but for you to capture your 100th win for BMR and, and all the success you guys have had over the last couple of decades, I mean, what did what does that milestone mean for you in this organization that you helped build, starting as a driver and obviously now as a car owner? Well, it's it's huge. I mean, it's it, hard to believe there's been a hundred victory lanes. It's a, a lot of good times and you enjoy every one of them because you don't, one thing I've learned, you never know when the next one's going to be there. So enjoy everyone, but we've got to share them with so many different drivers through the years, different crew members, 
there's so many people that work so hard to bring those 100 victories. And uh, it's just uh, a testament to a lot of effort and a lot of care by a lot of people through the years. But uh, a heck of a milestone. I love what I do. Uh, we love racing trucks. We love racing the ARCA. And uh, I can't wait till we get 100 in the truck series. Uh, of the, the 100 in the West series, is there one that uh, stands out above the rest? Uh, the probably the the first one, you know, I'll never forget that one. Uh, it did, it happened. Kevin Harvick was in the race. Butch Gilliland, David Gilliland's father, and uh, and to see see your car out there. I had just gotten out of the car that year, so it made it very easy for the transition from a driver to an owner when your car's winning races, and then we backed it up with a championship the next year in 99 with Sean Woodside, but uh, it makes it easy to stay out of the car when, when you're winning races and winning championships and you're part of putting all that together. But I, I would say the first one stands out uh, winning the Toyota All-Star Showdown with Austin Cameron back in 2003 when he had been fighting cancer and finally got back in the race car he was out of the race car for most of the season and to put him back in that number 16 nap auto part chevrolet and have him win the biggest race on the west coast that that was another favorite uh that the first all-star showdown but i mean every win's good we've got to share wins with so many different drivers coming up through the years and seeing them experience their first win and crew chiefs that get their first win it's just rewarding to be able to share them and be part of it you mentioned some of the names and you know i'm a big history guy and i love looking back at who all's driven for you over the years i mean you have names like sarah fisher brian herda let alone some cup drivers like clint boyer and christopher bell and most recently guys like alex bowman and, and i mean you name it Haley deegan they've all driven for you what is so rewarding about you not only just being a winning organization, but being that development program that's seen so many successful drivers over the years kind of work with you, whether it's a short period of time or a longer period of time and see them succeed. I mean, how important is that to you to kind of be that developmental growth uh, in the sport? No, it's, it's very rewarding. And that's, that's what I get out of it is, is help putting it all together and helping these young kids that have goals and dreams and ambitions and being able to see them achieve that and move up the ladder. I mean, it, it, when we used to do pit stops out here, I would, about the time I'd get a good pit crew guy trained, they'd be on their way back east to go to workers. Time I'd walk through the garage area and see a lot of our alumni crew members along with drivers that would be in the, in the cup garage. But it's rewarding just to help people achieve their goals and their ambitions and be part of that. And not only on the racetrack, but off the racetracks, helping them work with the media and learn how to talk with the media and, and be present for the media, along with sponsors, being able to go in and light up a room and talk to the sponsors and build those sponsorship relationships that they will need to carry them throughout their career. It's, it's really rewarding to do what I do and wouldn't trade it for anything. 
We talked a little bit ago about uh, you and, and promoting the event at All-American. In fact, you promote several events during the course of the season, heavily involved in the, the West Series. Where do, does the West Series stand right now in your eyes? It seems pretty healthy. A diverse schedule, uh, a great field of cars. We've seen that on, on these bull rings the last couple of weeks, starting upwards of 26 entries. Uh, where do you see it from, from where you stand right in the middle of it all? I think it's it's got a bright future. It's strong going into the little markets that we go into in the West Coast. We get to go into markets that don't get to see a NASCAR touring event come in. And when the Arkham Menard Series comes in, it's a big event. You know, seeing the future. I remember Haley Deegan winning at Meridian, Idaho. You know, they, they don't have races. They don't have a Haley Deegan or a Todd Gilliland. And these people are getting to see the future stars of NASCAR racing come right into their hometown and be part of it. I think there's, I mean, the series has been here since 1954. I mean, NASCAR started in 48. So it started, uh, and we used to help fill the cup fields when the, when the cup series would first come to West all the way up to, to 1998, we had two provisionals. And when the cups would, when the cup series would come out West and it, the Winston West, the West series, was a big part of NASCAR racing on the West Coast since the 1950s, and it will continue to be because we get into those markets that that are craving and will embrace a big race coming to their hometown. And talking about promoting these races, we'll work with our partners, and if if there isn't a big event in their town, we'll help them bring one. And we've rented little racetracks like Lake Havasu and Havasu City or Roseburg, Oregon, up outside of the, the Portland market and put on some great events for our partners. So we enjoy what we do. And I think the, the, the health of the series is good. The recent car counts, I mean, there's nothing nothing like having a good field of cars like we just had at the Bullring this weekend or at All-American. It shows that the series is healthy and strong. How big was you being a driver first kind of help you with the experience of now being a car owner and obviously doing the promoting side of things, understanding what racers want, what race teams want, having that experience? I mean, do, do you think that's helped you a lot, especially coming from the driver's seat to the ownership and the and the promoter role? Well, it, it, it does. You can talk from the perspective of being in the car, out of the car, working with a sponsor. It gives you a good perspective of things. If I had never been in a race car, it would, it would be harder to do that. Uh, big problem I had, I was in the race car and trying to pay the bills, and I, I struggled with that a lot. And I found my niche by being out of the race car and being able to provide the program for drivers and uh, putting it all together. And that, that allowed me to, to live my dream. I wanted to do it as a race car driver originally and, and loved that but found that wasn't wasn't going to work. I wasn't happy worrying about the dollars and cents from the seat of the race car. But when I put a, a driver in there that really didn't care if he knocked the nose off or or, or scratched the car, it, it helped a lot. And it enhanced our program and made it what it is today. So I think it, it helped. But uh, I, the best thing I ever did was get out of the race car and become an owner. You mentioned the truck program a little bit ago. Derek Krause, your current driver. Now uh, you two have been together three years in the truck series, and then I believe three more before that. 
in the West Series, uh, winning so many races over the years. What's the current status of the truck program? And is there any thought of maybe expanding to, to two trucks down the road? Well, we, we, we've got two trucks. We've got Colby Howard and our number 91 Gates hydraulics truck. And he's been, he finished eighth at Talladega for us. And, uh, we actually ran three trucks. We ran Jake Garcia for right. four races this year. We're going to have him at Phoenix, but no, the truck series is another strong, healthy series. I mean, we've had full fields. They sent home trucks from races, um, it being televised live on, on, just being televised, it gives the sponsors the exposure that they crave. Uh, there isn't anything more competitive than the NASCAR uh, truck series right now. It is uh, crazy competitive. There's probably a dozen trucks out there that could win at a drop of a hat, and it's you got to work hard. I never had to work so hard at something and not get the results that I want, but it, it will come. We've got a great team that's working hard. We're up there with GMS, working in alliance with uh, Mike Beam and, and the group up there. And uh, we're learning a lot. We're getting better every race. And I'm excited about Homestead this weekend for both Derek and Colby. I think we've got some real good equipment. We've got the right people. And I think our our results of getting up front are just getting really, really close. How big was it, uh, Bill, a couple of years ago when you guys made that alliance with GMS, obviously with Chevrolet and everything? Because you're out on the West Coast, so I can't imagine it's got to be difficult to kind of keep an eye on things way out in Statesville, North Carolina. So how do you balance on that? How big is that relationship uh, for you and your team? The alliance is amazing. GMS, they went from five trucks down to two this year. It was a perfect time for us to come in. They had a a lot of depth and equipment and personnel, and it was a good time for us to come in. We rented uh, the shop up there. We'll, we're back there next year again. We've got that all done, and it's it's been great. We've got people up there. I, it allows me to be on the West Coast and take care of our Napa Auto Care Centers and the racetrack we promote and the businesses I have, our ARCA teams on the West Coast. I've got great people there. Mark Hillman's my general manager, a lot of experience. Mark's had through the years and all different levels of racing. But uh, we've got Charles DeNike is one of our crew chiefs, does a good job. Um, just a great group of people out there that uh, that run that place every day. And I'll, I'll get back there as often as I can, not as often as I want, but they, they do a great job day to day. My final question for you, Bill, and we talked about all the successful short tracks on the West Coast and what ARCA has been able to do on them, especially here these last couple of weeks. Is there any room for growth out there for the truck series on some of these short tracks on the West Coast that we hear so much about? I mean, we've heard for a few years now, the trucks needs to go back to short tracks. And I feel like the West Coast might be a pretty good opportunity for that to happen since that's where the series was developed now 25 years ago. It was, and it raced the short tracks here on the yeah. West Coast. That's where it was created and started at Mesa Marin, and we go to even Saugus, one of the smallest short yep. tracks on the West Coast. But uh, it was Evergreen Speedway and Portland Speedway, a lot of truck races on the West Coast. And that's back when I went truck racing with Brendan Gone, it was easy to build that truck team here on the West Coast and run it because we had a lot of races on the West Coast. It's turned into to more of an East Coast series. We do get on the West a little bit, but 
I would love to come out west more. I know everybody on the East Coast and what I'd have to pay to get my truck team from the East Coast to come out here. I'd probably regret that. I know when we went to Sonoma this year, I was jumping up and down with joy and nobody else was too excited about it. And after I got done paying to bring everything to the West Coast, I I changed my tune a little bit. But uh it would be it would be great if there was enough races out here that you could justify basing a team on the West Coast and and running it. We did that with Orleans Racing when we built Brendan's truck team back in the early 2000s. And uh, it was just very hard to do from the West Coast. We did it, but it was had a lot of challenges. And to get the people nowadays, all, all the people that are into racing and understand NASCAR and stock cars, the majority of them are on the, on the East Coast. So it's a lot easier to staff a race team being on the West Coast, on the East Coast and build those relationships so you've got good pick crews and good fabrication, all the things you need. Um, so we, all the manufacturers have their R&D centers on the East Coast. It just makes a lot, a lot of sense to be on the East Coast, but I would love to have more races on the West Coast. Absolutely. And Bill, my final question, you kind of alluded to it as the people. I think that's made BMR so successful over the years, and you've reiterated that enough in so many pieces I've read are just about surrounding yourself with the with the best people possible. So I guess my question for you is to sustain the successes you have, what do you look for, whether it's crew members or drivers to drive for you? What's kind of the key personality or key points for you that you look for each and every year uh, to make sure your program stays successful, you know, for years on end? We're always looking for people that communicate well. That's an important piece of it, the communication. But people that care and will take the time to do things right. They care about the equipment, about the results, about our shop. And when you've got people that care and are willing to put the effort in to race, it, they could know very little about working on race cars. And as long as they care and are willing to put the effort in, they they will be successful and they will lead us to wins and championships. We can we can teach them the fundamentals. It's the caring and the wanting to put in the effort to be the best at what they're doing is what what we look for. And communication's a, a big piece of that too, especially with young drivers. When I'm looking at the drivers, they they've got to be able to know what they need in a race car and be able to communicate what they need in a race car to be successful. So I, I would say communication, care, and effort are the three things that we look for. Well, congratulations again on all your success. Of course, your 100th victory, but uh, you still got some races left this season. So best of luck with the truck series and, uh, of, of course, the championship finale uh, for ARCA West out there at Phoenix Championship Weekend. Hope to catch up with you down the road. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for everything you do. Appreciate it. That's Bill McAnally, 100th career win for BMR coming up a couple weeks ago. Of course, still wrapping up the 2022 season here in the next couple weeks. Coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, the Go with the Flow calendars. We take a look at what to watch for this weekend around motorsports. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track. For race fans everywhere, subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing is something for everyone. It's what we know. Sprint cars are there. NASCAR weekly racing series, drag racing, off-road, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Our Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing just wrapped up our conversation with Bill McAnally, legendary car owner, BMR, of course, a driver himself, and now 100 victories. Kyle, what a special conversation. Really insightful, too, to get his perspective. You know, we talk a lot because we're on the East Coast side of things, the state of short track racing on our neck of the woods, whether it's the Arca East, Menard Series, or, of course, our short track racing series all across the East Coast. But to hear his perspective, what's going on the West Coast, seems like things are pretty good, no? Yeah, no, things are great. And I, I think we've seen that the last couple of weeks with full fields, great personalities, um, not really the tightest point battle uh, right now going into the final race. I mean, uh, you know, Jake Drew pretty much had that midsummer stretch where he dominated. But other than that, you look at these uh, full grandstands at like an All-American and like in Vegas last week. Um, things are healthy right now uh, in West Coast short track racing. I don't know. I can't put it. I mean, it's always been healthy, but I feel like the last two or three years, there's been a resurgence and uh, that's good for everybody. Absolutely. And he's going to wrap up the season with his two drivers, Cole Moore, of course, and Landon Lewis out at Phoenix Championship Weekend, uh, which will also mark the ARCA West Championship. He's not done as well. Of course, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Colby Howard and Derek Krause going to wrap up their last couple of races. All right, uh, before we get to our go with the flow, something came across the news desk here as we recorded today's episode. Pretty cool. NASCAR in Canada, the future is bright, and we've talked about it on the show with how great the NASCAR Pinty Series has been, of course, being on Flow Racing for the first time this year. But uh, NASCAR Canada just announced their new general manager here this week, and that man is Tony Spiteri getting the head job there. A new position for NASCAR Canada in charge of kind of overseeing things on that end from the Pinty side. Of course, some of the Euro things as well. Uh, congratulations to Tony. Uh, based in Ontario, he's going to be a part of a lot of the race. I'm sure we're going to hear from him, of course, when we start previewing NASCAR Pinty's action for 2023. But congratulations to Tony. Again, the future is bright for NASCAR in Canada and we've seen it already this year with what a great championship battle we had down to the very end with Antoine Cameron coming home as the champion. All right, Kyle, our go with the flow calendar, and we said it last week, it's getting smaller and smaller, but because it's getting smaller, it doesn't mean the events are getting any smaller either. We've got some big stuff coming up, including you mentioned it when we talked about our winners this week, the Smart Modified Tour Championship 3 finale 
coming up at Motor Mile Speedway this weekend in Virginia on Saturday. You can see it on Flow. And Kyle, that championship three changed because of that disqualification for Burt Myers. So now it's Bobby Labonte, Caleb Hetty, and Brandon Ward all going for the title. That's a pretty good crop of drivers going for a championship. Yeah, Hetty, 37 points over Labonte, 44 over Brandon Ward, uh, all running for a championship. As you mentioned, it uh, shuffled things around with the disqualification last Saturday night to Burt Myers. So going to be fun. Uh, going to be interesting to see how this championship battle and this championship format plays out on Saturday night. But uh, yeah, there uh, are three big drivers there, and including a former NASCAR Cup champion uh, in Bobby Labonte running after the modified championship for the Smart Modifieds this Saturday. That'd be pretty awesome if Bobby could get it done, too. Hall of Famer adds another championship. We'll see Saturday again on Flow Racing. Now, Kyle also mentioned it. Seekonk Speedway wrapping up their year. A huge event with the Monaco Modified Tri-Track Series finale. I've never been up there, but it is a cool, cool racetrack. And then you put the ground pounders on there for 6000 to win. Should be a good event as well. The action track of the East, they call it, Kyle. Uh, what can we expect with this Tri-Track Series? It's kind of been the Matt Hirschman show, but uh, points battle is kind of on the line here. Yeah, point battle is on the line. The Monaco Modified Tri-Track Series. Uh, Matt Hirschman has the uh, the championship point lead looking for his seventh uh Tri-Track Championship or Monaco Modified Tri-Track Championship has a 37-point lead over Matt Swanson um, going into this weekend. I think it's 37 points. Uh, it's a pretty healthy lead um, over Matt Swanson going into the into Sunday or Sat Saturday's race. Um, it's going to be a big day of racing. They have 40 cars right now entered, I believe 40 or 41. So it's going to be another huge field. Second time we have seen that out of the Monaco Modified as they had a stellar field at the Stafford Motor Speedway for the fall final a couple of weeks ago. So right now the weather looks great. The, the temperatures are again trending up. It's not going to feel like it's late October, which we'll take. It's I think it'll be like 68 degrees on Saturday afternoon in sunshine. So um, going to be a great day uh, of short track racing to button things up here in New England. That's right. The ACT tour is there as well. The Haunted 100, uh, part of that whole weekend, and that is ACT's late models, their penultimate race of 2022 as well. We mentioned some of the field with 40 cars. I mean, some of the one folks that race weekly at Stafford are there. I saw Anthony Nichella, Woody Pitcats there, um, Ronnie Silk obviously running the national tour. So should be a good, healthy field as well up at Seekonk this weekend. Uh, as far as that, there are some tracks wrapping up their championships, of course, on the local level. Uh, on the dirt side of things, one of the marquee events for the, kind of the grassroots racing on the dirt side, the, uh, the KKM Giveback Classic. We saw, obviously, a lot of NASCAR drivers go run the Chili Bowl. Well, to get a ride, an opportunity is to win this KKM Giveback at Port City. I know a lot of drivers will be up there as well. I think rumor has it uh, Kyle Busch may be a part of it as well with his son Brexton running the junior sprints. We'll see if they actually make that happen, but a huge night, three nights beginning thursday on flow and then of course everything grassroots racing on flow racing channel you can catch out meridian the fall 50 at florence of course more including the championship on the pavement at irp for silver crown midget and sprint cars that'll be fun to watch on saturday kyle anything up in your neck of the woods are you pretty much buttoned up for the year yeah, we're done uh, with Seacom. Just a couple of quick things. Uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, they were supposed to run the fall brawl last weekend, uh, but officials have moved the event due to issues with the tires. This is for a second consecutive year. The Now the race is set for uh, November 12th and will feature a 200 lapper for the late models. 
And uh, last thing, I want to wish Julia Landauer a good luck. Uh, she's a longtime friend of the show. Uh, we'll be competing in her second NASCAR Xfinity Series event this uh, coming weekend, this Saturday at Homestead Miami Speedway for Alpha Prime Racing. Uh, we've had Julia on several times when she was running limited late models in Virginia. And then she moved to some of the regional series like the West Series. And I believe she's run up in Canada and in the NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series. So trying to, to make the move into NASCAR's national spotlight. Uh, didn't go in her favor. Her first time out at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway back in July after an incident on the front stretch. Hopefully things are a little better this uh, this Saturday for her at Homestead. Absolutely. Best of luck, Julie. So cool to see some short trackers getting some big time opportunities here as we begin to wrap up the season. Kyle, have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather, the temperatures. Send some of the, well, I can't believe I'm saying this, send some of the warmth from <laughs> New England down here to the Carolinas, would you? We'll try. We'll try. All right, for Kyle Ricky, our producer, Craig Moore, my name is Chris Bullner. Appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. As always, enjoy your great weekend of racing, and we'll talk about it all next week.